This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you in? Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants 18+. plus. Rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to Albion Analysis with me, Chris Hall, and him, Pete George. Well, we are so close we can touch it. The season is almost here, days away from the big kickoff against Middlesbrough. And that is the focus of today's pod. Largely speaking, we are going to preview the season. We're going to have a look ahead to that game, a little look back on what's happened over over pre-season and what we can deduce from Albion's pre-season, what needs to happen in the coming weeks of uh, that remain of the transfer window. And also, we're going to have a little look more generally at the whole division and who do we think are going to be the challengers at the top end of the league, hopefully alongside ourselves. However, before all of that, I have something much, much more important than football on the pitch to talk about. And it is something that many of you probably will have seen it because it's been reported in in the local press and has been shared largely on Twitter. Um, And that is that the there has been an application or has certainly been raised with the council um, for the Hawthorns to have ACV status. Now, for anybody who doesn't know, what this means is that it would make the Hawthorns an asset of community value. What in real terms that means is that it offers us an extra layer of protection should lie or any other future owner for that matter try to sell the stadium. It doesn't stop selling the stadium, just need to be very clear about that. But what it does mean that it, it is that he can't quick fire sell the stadium without notifying anybody. It means we we would find out about it. And we as Albion fans would have an opportunity to try and mobilize and do something about it. I just want to take this opportunity with the platform that, that we have here on Albion analysis to just encourage all Albion fans to support that application within Sandwell council 
Anytime you see it on Twitter, please, please share it. Give it a retweet. Um, follow a guy called Ryan Trumpeter. His, his handle is at Ryan Trumpeter. Give him a follow. He's, uh, he's tweeting about it. And, uh, and Les Trumpeter, a relation of Ryan's, is the councillor who, who has put forward the motion around the ACV. Look, we all want success on the pitch. We all, uh, we all want Albion to get promoted. We all want to win games of football. But it is so much more important than that, than the short-term success of our football club, that we have a stadium to go to, that we own our own stadium, that our children and our children's children can go to the Hawthorns and watch West Bromwich Albion. That is way more important than what happens with Steve Bruce and West Bromwich Albion and the players this season. This is hugely hugely important and if we get behind it in this moment there's no guarantees in life but it just gives us that extra layer of protection against ever finding ourselves in a situation where we don't own our own stadium and it gets sold from under us by an owner who does not care enough about this this club pete i i just think this is this is why i'm starting the pod with it i just think it is the most important thing on the West Bromwich Albion agenda at this moment in time. Yeah, I absolutely agree. Um, can I really echo what you've said? Um, massive thank you and well done to Ryan Trumpeter if he happens to be listening um, for, you know, kind of getting this moving and, and spreading the word and everyone else that's retweeted it and et cetera. Because, um, yeah, the last thing we want is to to be a football club without a stadium because um, then it kind of threatens the, the whole life of the football club, you know. As you said, we want want it to be there for years and years to come. So, got to do as much as we can to to protect the club and the stadium and you know the the community around it. One hundred percent. So, look, last word on this before we move on to the actual football, uh, the the actual on the pitch stuff. Please, please give Ryan a follow. Any if if you live in the Sandwell area and can attend attend the council meetings and want to get behind this in person, please do that. But the most important thing at the moment, and I, I spoke to Ryan directly about this, and he said the most important thing that people can do at this moment in time is build awareness and really get this campaign going. It's already being covered by the local media. I believe the Express and Star have done a story on it. Let's keep that going because. We want ACV status for our stadium. We really, really do. So please, every single Baggies fan, it is in the best interest of you and future generations of Albion fans to get behind this in this moment. So please, please do that. Right, moving on to the on-the-pitch stuff. And we draw to a close of um, uh, of pre-season. We draw to, uh, draw to a close with pre-season with a win against, uh, against Hertha Berlin. And... Pete, I'm starting to see a few little themes emerging in, in in watching the highlights and watching watching the goals back, and there seems to be just bits and bobs cropping up. One seems to be John Swift drifting in at the at the far post, late attacking attacking balls. It's great to see Grady back to beating people and really causing problems down down that side. And the other one, from an attacking sense, is the delivery of Jed Wallace which I tweeted earlier today. I just watched that goal against Hertha Berlin. I watched it a few times and I thought, 
I could be watching a right-footed Chris Brunt here. It's the way he doesn't need to beat a man. He can always bend it round a defender. I feel like the guy can deliver from absolutely anywhere. And it's those those two players, coupled with the resurgence of Grady and Daryl DK just starting to just show bits and get back there and the way he got across his defender and attack that header for the goal. I know it's only pre-season, but there's just bits in there that are starting to get me excited because I'm I'm just seeing these things and I'm thinking, Grady getting down the line, attacking midfielders, gambling into the box, good delivery from wide areas, centre forwards really attacking balls in the penalty area. These are all things we just did not see last season. Yeah, and the thing is with Wallace crossing, it makes it a lot easier for, for DK and Swift who's going to be making runs into the box because, I mean, they know that they can... If they see that he's got the opportunity to cross and he's he's going to stick it in into probably quality areas, so you can start to make your run and make it early, and then that's why you can get in front of your defender and and win that header that scored the goal for DK. And as we kind of expected and have said before, um, Swift is almost playing as a second striker when we're in possession and and getting into the box a lot. So I can see him scoring a lot of, a lot of goals in the season. Um, yeah, and Grady seems to be getting back to his best, which I think that confidence was the bigger issue last season rather than playing on the right. I'm not too sure I believe the reason that he wasn't as good or effective last season is because he was playing on the right, but more because of his confidence in the actual system that we were playing. Um, So I think whether he's playing on the left or right, if Bruce can get that confidence back in him, then we're going to be seeing a much better player than we saw last season and more like the one we saw last time we were in the Championship. Does he need a little bit of love? Because you and I spoke, I, I can't remember which game it was after last last season, um, but there was a game where Grady had been one of our better players the game before and then immediately got dropped. And I felt that happened a lot to Grady last season. Don't get me wrong, I'm not saying Grady had some brilliant season because he didn't, but it, but it seemed like it almost didn't matter whether he played well or not. The, the, the manager's whether it was Ishmael earlier in the season or Bruce later on in the season, just tended to make him the full guy. And I didn't, I didn't really understand it, and, uh, understand it. And I can see how it would break Grady down a little bit. Does he need, does he just need somebody to show a little bit of faith in him? Because I know Steve Bruce joked when he came in, do I need to learn Croatian to get the best out of you? No, maybe you just need to play the bloke every week like Bilic did. Yeah. And that could be it. Um, you know, we saw the best best of him under Billich in that championship season. And he you know, the whole the whole squad and anyone that's come out and spoken about it has basically said that Billich was an amazing um man manager and he really cared about his players and built a really good relationship with them and that seemed to to work for Grady. So if he can be playing week in, week out and building that confidence and getting that support from his manager, um, then you know, we'll probably see a much more confident and more exciting player than we did last season. And we also kind of saw that as Bruce came in, he seemed to, despite the whole team not playing well, he seemed to show, you know, signs of coming back to his best, you know, taking men on, combining quickly and and wanting to really influence the game. But I think just the whole team was in a bit of a rut, so it didn't really lead to that much final output goals or assists or anything. He also, and again, I could be wrong on this, but he seems a more physical prospect this uh, this this season. You look at the goal which he set up for Swift against Hertha Berlin. 
and he's he's almost sandwiched in between two defenders and he wriggles between them. Yeah, there's a little bit of luck that the ball kind of goes where he needs it to, but it's it's Grady's physicality that gets him gets him through that. And and we've we we we've seen that a little bit consistently really in, in pre-season. But he he seemed to have that. In the promotion season, I, I somebody posted up a clip, uh, the, the the highlights of the of the QPR game on the final day of the season the other week, and you forget how well he did for for the goal for Robinson, the way he wriggles away from uh, from two defenders. Yet that physicality just seemed to dissipate through the Premier League season and and last year. I don't know whether he has gone back to basics and worked on his body or whether it was purely mental, but there seems to be a more, not just, uh, not just a more direct Grady, but a more aggressive Grady this time. Yeah. The assist against Hertha Berlin and the assist against QPR were very similar in that aspect that he kind of wriggles away from the two players and it, you know, he gets a, it's good feet, but he gets a little bounce in his favor. And I think that, I, I don't think that's just luck. I think it's kind of comes when you're confident and you, going about it proactively taking players on you know sometimes it's not going to work but if he's doing it confidently and he's willing to go at players then there's going to be times where he does get a little bit of luck and and wriggles through and that's probably the times when you get most space because I mean the players aren't expecting you to be able to get past them so if he can keep doing that then you know he's going to get, get space to then create and and score goals which I mean if he can get back to that form then we're in for an exciting season with him. We're going to move on to the defensive side of the pitch very shortly because we talked a lot about the attacking end of the pitch last week. But I've I've got a I've got a shadow back to last week. Pete, are you still team Grant to start on that left hand side against Borough, or would you? As Grady turned you around a little bit on this, I think I might still be with Grant. Actually, no, maybe Grady against Borough, probably because they're likely to go with a back five. So. I mean, they're going to have high wing backs unless I've missed something and he's injured. I imagine Jones will start on the right. Yeah, Grady might pin him back a little bit. Or he might leave a lot of space behind him where Mm. the right centre-back doesn't want to get drawn out to. So in that respect, it might be better to have a a wide winger rather than Grant cutting inside. But I do think it's it's close between the two of them. And it looks like Grady's going to be playing on the left mostly this season with um, Bruce obviously favouring his signing of Wallace to play on the right, which, I mean, that makes a lot of sense to me. He's probably one of the best creators in the league. So why would you why would you not play him on the right? And seems a good lad as well. You know, there was there was a video posted by the by the baggies of um, Malumbi doing some commentary while Wallace was recording his sort of like green screen celebration shot, and it was it, you know it was all a bit of fun and everything like that. But it's just nice to see these big personalities in 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 the squad. You know, smiling, having having a good time. You know, I, I think I, I think it's something that that we've that we've missed a little bit, and and I think he's going to be as. I wouldn't say as good off the pitch as he is on it because I think he's going to be unbelievable on it. I really, really do. But I think he's going to be a big plus off it as well as on it. Yeah, I'd agree with that. And, you know, even if you just have a couple of big characters in the in the dressing room, it'll bring more out of the, the players that are maybe a bit more quiet and reserved. You know, if you can have three or four characters that are joking around and, you know, just kind of bring the atmosphere up, then you'll probably see everyone else get involved and it'll be a, seem like a, you know, a tight knit group and 
that probably reflects well in games. So, you know, I'm all for getting good characters in the dressing room. I think we talked a lot about the midfield last week, how we think it's going to set up. We we both had Mowat in there and either Mullumby or, or Livermore alongside, I think probably based on on minutes and what we've seen in pre-season, I think the expectation would probably be that Malumbi starts in in midfield. We've just spoke about the left wing slot. I think Wallace and Swift and DK pick themselves. Yukoslu's obviously going to be a few weeks away. You know, he's only just got his work permit, so he he's not gonna he's not going to be involved for you. You would imagine probably will do well to see him before the end of August. I I would think. Um, but the defence is an interesting one. The two fullbacks obviously pick themselves. It's nailed on that Button will be the number one. But it's two from three at centre-half. Bartley has obviously racked up the least minutes in pre-season out, out the three of them. O'Shea and Ajayi playing the majority of, of minutes. Do you see that's how it's going to go from the start of the season, that, that, that Bartley is the one who has, to, who has to sit out and the other two start the season? And is that what you would do in terms of balance at centre-half, Pete? Yeah, I think so. I think the biggest reason to go with O'Shea and Ajayi is that purely because of pre-season minutes. I think Ajayi is kind of the nailed-down option because he's, um, you know, a different profile of player to O'Shea and Bartley. They're similar in many ways. So I think it'll be Ajayi with one of them. Um, and because O'Shea's got more minutes in him in pre-season, he's probably more prepared. I'd go with him. And if Bruce trusts him from the off, then, you know, he'll probably keep his place in unless he makes a mistake or Bruce sees fit to bring Bartley back in, who has got more experience and has played however many games in this league. So I think... And is very, very good at what he does as well. We all know his his limitations in terms of playing playing with the ball at his feet. But in terms of defending his box, he's he's one of the best in the division. Yeah, definitely. So... I think he's still a, I think he's still a good option for for us at centre back. You know he's not going to be involved in build up too much, but if we've got a Jai there who can carry the ball out well, and maybe like Yokusli then dropping in to fill that space, I think we'll be fine with you know either O'Shea or Bartley alongside a Jai to to be more of a winning his jewels aerial and and defensively. So I do think we've got some good options in centre back, but do we need one more? Well, that was going to be my next question because obviously Caleb Taylor's gone out on loan to to Cheltenham, and you know I saw a bit of back and forth with with Albion fans on this. I, I'm I'm well aware that it leaves us a little bit light, but I can't help thinking it's an outstanding move for the for the young lad to go and play some serious football. He's had 150 minutes of of, of first team football in his entire career. I, I I don't think that you can ask the kid to slot into a a, a championship promotion battle at that level of experience. I think it's really, really good for him that he'll that he'll go out on loan. Obviously Kean Bryan is some weeks away, Bruce has already said, from from being fit again. So realistically we are left with three centre halves. Your Koslu is obviously an option to slide back there. You could of course move Furlong across if you needed to, but we haven't got another right back. So I mean we've got Taylor Gardner Hickman, but we haven't got another right back that Bruce recognises as a right back, it would seem. So we are we are a bit light in there. I mean, what do you think we need in in that area, Pete? Do we do you almost see it as Bartley and O'Shea for one slot because they're quite similar and you've got a Jai and you need another footballing centre half 
as backup to a Jai, so you've almost got two for that slot. I think, yeah, I'd probably look for a centre-half that's comfortable on the ball, um, can move it forward well and keep possession of it when he needs to. Um, I think it'd be quite nice to get a left-footed one in because we just lack that. Apart from Kim Bryan, who I can't see playing too many minutes, we don't have a left-footed centre-back, so which does offer you different different angles to pass into the midfield and etc. But yeah, I'd, I'd say a centre-back that's comfortable on the ball. Um, and ideally... If only good... there was a left-footed centre-half who we knew a lot about, who who was comfortable on the ball, that probably wasn't really needed by his club. I, I just can't think of any off the top of my head. And is actually a good defender. Which, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I'd definitely like to see Clark come back if if we can make it work for a you know, a decent deal. Um, the the only issue I'd have with Clark is that I think he played that wide centre-back role really well in the back three. And I think he's more suited to that than in a back two or a back four. But yeah, I'd still be very happy to see him come back into into the side, even to play in the back four, because I do think he's a quality, quality defender at this level, at least, and is very comfortable on the ball. So he kind of sits fits the profile that we that we just outlined. In terms of the squad generally, I mean, we, we, we largely went through this last week, but, you know, we've made it very... I think it's very, very clear to everybody that we need another centre-forward. We need a backup option to DK. I think Grant is probably going to be viewed as a, as a left-sided forward, probably him and Grady, as you say, duking it out for that space over on the left-hand side. I mean, in reality, the only other striker option that we have to DK, frighteningly, is Ken Zahor, the the only out-and-out player of that profile. And I mean, I'm not convinced he's a footballer, let alone a striker. So I wouldn't want to see him, wouldn't want to see him anywhere near the team. So, I mean, it, go, it goes without saying, even though I'm going to say it, we desperately need another centre-forward before the end of this window. We've just said with Caleb Taylor going out on loan and Kian Bryan some way off fitness that... And Yukoslu as well going to take some weeks to get back because he would be another option in there. That we do need another centre half option. I think we've touched on this before, Pete. But, but would you look at the the squad and say it's just really probably another fullback option on on top of that? Because I see Ethan Ingram's being strongly linked with with, with loans away as well as well today. And so actually, when you stop and look at the squad. Numbers-wise, we aren't actually really any better off than we were end of last season. So the problem didn't see that last season really wasn't physical numbers, but it seems like the balance is much better. It's just a fourth centre half, a second centre forward, and I would say an option at e- at either fullback. And and I think we've uh, I think we've probably got a pretty nicely balanced squad, even though we're probably actually only really running with at the end maybe one more in the in the overall first team squad than we were last season. Yeah, and I think there's a couple of other positions that we might need to fill, but they're more dependent on players going out. You know, Callum Robinson's been heavily heavily linked away to Preston. Um so if he goes then I can see us probably being in the market for maybe another attacking midfielder because I think if he wasn't to go then he'd probably play a similar role as Swift's play going to be play this season as kind of back up to him, so he might do you, need. Do you think that's where maybe the links to someone like Hannibal from Manchester United have come from? Yeah, potentially, and even even someone like um, 
Cameron Archer that we've already spoken about, even if he's less of a 10 than Swift, he can always play that second strike and get into the box because, I mean, we know that when we are in possession and have the ball out wide, that Swift's probably going to be acting largely as another striker to, to get into the box and, and make runs and try and score goals. So, even Could Phillips was, be a, an option for that role, though, as well? Yeah, possibly. Uh, well, he's a very versatile player, isn't he? And I think he's still an, a very good player at this level. Um, you know, the obvious biggest issue with him is his fitness. He struggles to keep himself fit. But when he is fit, I can see him having quite a big impact on the... He's probably going to spend most of his time coming off the bench. But off the bench, I think he's a very good option. Um, and yeah, could potentially play there. We'll probably see him at, at right mid quite a lot to come on for Jed Wallace because he's, again, someone that likes to cross. And so, yeah, there's options where to put him and he could probably play play that role centrally as well. So a useful player to have in the squad. Just moving on from from the overall balance of the squad and looking ahead to the the, the weekend, the, the opening game of the season, obviously Mid- Middlesbrough away is the opening game, a game that we, we lost last season uh, we broke our horrendous run without scoring there with a rather slightly scuffed uh, Jason Malumbi shot but went on to to lose the game 2-1 after in a game that was i think very disappointing for for Steve Bruce i thought thought he 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 uh, I thought Wilder really won the battle of the managers that that night um you know Wilder Wilder knew it wasn't working first half and really changed it second half and i didn't feel like Bruce had, had adapted to that. I think we start the season probably in in a little bit of a different a different place. Middlesbrough were imperious at home at at that period of time. They actually had a bit of an iffy end to the season at home. Uh, they had a weird April where they 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 lost three games at home. They won every single other home game under Chris Wilder in the league except for three in April where they just lost three on the, on the spin at home, which is, which is a bizarre record, but they've certainly been very, very good at the Riverside under, uh, under Wilder since he came in, they did falter a bit towards the end of last season, which is, which is why they ended up not making the playoffs. But most of the people who've pulled together like one to 24s and predictions and things like that. And Pete and I will put our necks on the line and tweet out our own one to 24s uh, during the, during the course of the week. So you've got that to, that to look forward to and to dissect and probably lambast us for. I think most people that I've seen who've pulled them together have Middlesbrough well, well up there. As opening games of the season go, Pete, it, it is pretty tough, but, and I don't want to tempt fate, but, we might be catching them at a half decent time, just in the simple sense that I feel like they really, really lack a centre forward at the moment. They and they haven't quite had chance to spend the Jed Spence money yet. I'm not saying we won't get beat because we may well do because they're re- they're e- in their current guys. They're a really good side, but I do think in maybe two or three weeks' time, I think they're going to be even stronger than they are now. Yeah, they've got a very good a very good set of players, you know, Isaiah Jones and Tavernier and um, Crooks, all very good players. Um, and Daryl Lenahan probably looks like he'll be an excellent sign-in as well. Well, you have, I have to say, Lenahan, Fry and McNair as three, as, as three centre-halves in a Chris Wilder team sounds pretty, pretty scary. Yeah, exactly. And 
So the, I think they've got a very good set of players, and if not the best, then one of the best managers in the league as well. And when he's playing his system, it's not an easy one to to stop. I think the issue is for them at the minute seems to be, like you say, the striker. They've got Coburn, who looked very good last year, but again is only nineteen, and they're looking to play with two strikers probably. So I think you're right in saying that it's a good time to play them because. Yeah, that 11, 12 million, whatever it was for Jed Spence that they got, is likely to be reinvested and probably in a, a good striker. So I'd rather get him out of the way without that potentially new signing coming in and being yeah. a Because they haven't lost scorer. many, but that's that's one that they did lose. They lost Spora in the in the summer, who obviously, I think he was on loan and he's gone back, hasn't he? Yeah, and they also had Aaron Connolly that was on loan. And the, is it Belogan, the Arsenal striker that was on yeah, loan? Yeah, yeah. So at the, at the minute they've got you know Coburn and and what more and what more's he doesn't really set the championship alight he's a decent player but I don't think he's going to score them 20 goals this season um hopefully he doesn't prove me wrong there but yeah I think Coburn's a good option up there but still young so like like we've both said I'd rather play him now before they can spend that money that they had for Jed Spence than in you know in September or whenever they've brought a striker in and and are probably looking good but I do have them to finish up there at the end of the season. As do I, by the way, as do I. I mean, the, the, only, the only other thing that I think I'm, I'm just a little bit questionable about Middlesbrough on, um, and it's probably a question I have about us as well, by the way, because I'm not convinced by David Button is the goalkeeper. They obviously had, had problems at goalkeeper last season. Lumley was um, far, far from absolutely fabulous, it has to be said. Um, I'm sure he's never heard that one before. But they've brought in Seth, Stefan from um, uh, the, the American from Manchester City. I mean, obviously, I've not seen a great deal of the bloke because he hasn't played a lot for Manchester City. But I mean, he had an absolute mare in the cup, didn't he? And you, you, you do wonder whether they've got they've got another goalkeeper with a bit of a rick in them. See, I think they've got themselves a good player there, to be honest. Um... You know, it's a big difference from the Premier League to the Championship, and to bring in a goalkeeper that Man City signed as backup to Edison. Um, you know, there's, there'll be a reason that they signed him. They like a goalkeeper that can play out with their feet. Um, he did have that. This that isn't night. boding well for me slagging off Murich as a as a Burnley signing in a few minutes' time, either. By the way, Pete. <laughs> but yeah, you know, he had that nightmare against was it Liverpool in the cup, and but. Yeah, I think that's just one example. You know, I think for Wilder, he'll be a very good player and I think he'll look very comfortable on the ball in the championship and decent shot stopper as well. So I think they've got themselves a good keeper there, to be honest. Before we move on to the wider championship and how we think who we think are going to be the threats to Albion this season, just looking at this game in isolation based on what happened last season... Obviously, we've changed our squad and our, our way of playing and the personnel and, and the threats that we have in that period of time. Middlesbrough will probably largely be a similar prospect to the one that we face. Their threats will be similar to, to, to those that we, that we faced in, in that game. They'll have a slightly better defence with Lenahan in there. But generally speaking, coming, coming at us, they will be a similar sort of prospect. What do Albion need to do this time that they didn't do a few months back, other than the obvious of not score less goals than the opposition to get a positive result? Because I think 
I think that 2-1 defeat at Middlesbrough, I think that was that was a really, really, really disappointing night for a lot of Albion fans, just because we, you know, we went in at halftime 1-0 up, probably undeservedly so, and came out and just utterly capitulated in the second half and didn't show anything. I think we got overloaded and the fullbacks got overloaded in wide areas when Middlesbrough were attacking with their wing-backs and overlapping centre-backs. Um, I think it made it very difficult for, for both fullbacks because we we're playing a back four. Um, and I think that's where both of Middlesbrough's, Middlesbrough's goals came from, if I'm right. Um, obviously, that's a shape that we will be pl- uh, that we will almost certainly be playing at the weekend so you know it's it it, it, it it almost begs the question how do we how do we counteract that this time yeah well I think we need to get plenty of support to the fullbacks either from the wingers tracking back which I think Wallace will do especially um to protect Furlong a bit more from being overloaded there and maybe even from the midfielders to go out and support like if Moat plays on as a Left mid, well, left central midfielder, then to go out and support Townsend and give him a bit of protection. But then I think we also need to use that against Middlesbrough and make sure that when we do win the ball after they've had a sustained attack, then we're very quick in transition and we can get the ball up to DK and Swift and either Grady or Grant, who can then be quick on that break and kind of attack that unsettled defence that we might be able to get overloads against them if they've pushed numbers up against us so yeah I think we need to be quick and efficient when we do win the ball back to to move it up the other end of the pitch who do you anticipate playing the two central midfield slots I mean I've 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 almost assumed here it's going to be Moa to Malumbi but do you do you have a different school of thought it's again a tough one to call um I think go for Livermore for experience in the first game to play alongside Moat. I think Moat seems to be the nailed on one and then either Molumbi or Livermore, but yeah, for me that's a toss of a coin. Um, Livermore's obviously got more experience, but Molumbi's got a bit more energy, and you know he carries the ball a bit better, better with the ball at his feet, probably. So yeah, it's a tough one to call for me. Just looking at the wider division, and we're, we're going to, uh, as I say, we'll tweet out our one one to twenty fours for the for the championship, but. Um, let, we'll just focus on on the very top of the table, just because that's where we expect Albion Albion to be at the end of the season. And uh, Pete and I have pulled together our our top sixes, our predictions. Um, and this, I mean, this is what mine looks like. I've gone with Borough to win the division, purely based on the fact that I do believe they will buy it by a striker before the the window closes. And if they do that. I don't think there's a great deal else wrong with their side. I think that their, their defence looks looks unbelievable. Um, I think they, they've got quality in wide areas. They've got good uh, good midfielders. I, I think they will probably strengthen a little bit more than just uh, just a striker. I think they'll bring in a couple of strikers actually, but I think they'll uh, they'll strengthen a little bit more than that as well. Um, then I've got. Uh, and then I've got Norwich in second. In fact, we'll do just do our top twos to start off with, and then we'll move down into the into the playoffs afterwards. Um, Norwich, I've got in second partly because I mean they haven't lost anyone really, and yet again, same old story with Norwich. Really, Norwich come down. They have um, th- th- they have very much the squad that got them promoted the last time around. They've lost Leeds Malou. That's about it, really. They've still got they've still got Pookie, who seems to perennially score goals in this division. 
And they've gone and added an interesting one in uh, Gabriel Sara from Sao Paulo, who they seem to have spent an awful lot of money. Uh, it's an undisclosed fee, but reports are it's anywhere between six and 10 million pounds, which is an awful lot of money for, for Norwich. But it's, he seems to he might well be their solution to the Buendia issue that they've had since losing him to, to Aston Villa. I think they're going to have an awful lot of quality in this division. I know it seems it seems almost predictable to say Norwich will will, will get promoted when Norwich come down from the Premier League because Norwich always come down and they always go go straight back up. But you look at all the factors; they haven't lost any major players really. They've added one that's a bit of a wild card, but Norwich's wild cards have have paid off quite a lot in the Championship over over the last few years. And then there's the manager who's been promoted before, and he's just a really whether you like Dean Smith or not, and I can understand as Albion fans why you wouldn't particularly like Dean Smith. He's just a really, really good manager at this level. Um, what about you, Pete? Who have you got as your as your top two? Yeah, I don't think you can um, really underrate the the teams that got relegated because you know they have built up a well, not quite a Premier League squad, otherwise they wouldn't be getting relegated, but you know, they've got some Premier League players there. So I've got Burnley to win it for me. Um, I think they've brought in some some very good players, um, you know, the likes of Scott Twine. Um, I think he'll get goals and assists for them. Uh, Josh Cullen from Anderlecht, I think will be a very good signing in central midfield. Uh, Luke McNally looks like a smart signing in centre-back as well. Um, so I think as well as some good signings, they've got a company who, from what I've heard, was... Um, playing some good football out in in Belgium, um, as as well as that, they've still got quality players from from their time in the Premier League. I think Jay Rodriguez will score goals when he plays. Um, they've still got got McNeil, who's going to be if he stays, then he's going to be excellent um, and create a lot of chances. So I do think they've got a very good side with a promising manager, um, and it's something that you mentioned off air that the only issue is it might take a bit of time to have a smooth transition between the style that they're playing in the Premier League to the style that company's going to want them to play. But I think as long as that doesn't take too long then then they could easily be the, the champions come the end of the season. Yeah, um, I don't I don't disagree with any of that. As as you say, my I, I, I pushed Burnley down into the into the playoffs purely because I wouldn't be shocked if they had a slow start. I, I you look at how Sheffield United even though they had good personnel and ended up coming on really, really strong at the end of end of last season, they just struggled at the start to try and adapt to a very new way of playing. Um, and the other thing that you know we talked about off air, but but, but I, I mentioned, there's a lot of very, very senior heads that have been the basis of a lot of Burnley's success that have gone out the door. Me, Tarkovsky, Bardsley. Peters, uh, Nick Pope. There's the, these are these are really really experienced defensive stalwarts uh, for them, and I just think it's going to it might click. It might click, and if it does, Burnley Burnley have definitely got the squad to go and run away with uh, with this division. But I just think whenever I look at a team trying to change their style of play, I expect there to be a bit of a transition period. Um, and I wouldn't be surprised if there was a bit of a transition period for Burnley. Yeah, the other interesting thing is that they've kind of almost gambled from signing players from 
League One. Obviously, Luke McNally and Scott Twine, two of the signings, are both making the step up from League One. I think they both looked very good in that league. But, I mean, it's either going to be very smart recruiting or maybe a little bit naive. I think that they can make the step up from League One to challenge them for the title. They I haven't personally... really gone and got anyone who's who, who's championship, have they? Because as you say, they brought in Cullen from uh, from from Anderlecht, and then they've brought in the uh, the, the young lad from from Manchester City. So, and and, and as I say, they've brought in brought in Murich, who again I might be being a little bit harsh on, but my 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 only my only real recollection of him playing a football match is Matt Phillips's cross on the opening day of the season away at Nottingham Forest, sailing over his head. Oh, and him letting Carl Edwards' uh, rather grass cutting effort go under him as well. Yeah, that wasn't the the best performance, but yeah, I mean it's interesting the recruitment because. Like you say, there's, they've had a couple of players from come from the Belgian league. Um, I think Josh Cullen has had minutes in the championship. At I'm trying to think where he's at, was it Swansea? Um, Is it Swansea? And, Swansea? and they've got yeah. and they got Matson, who was at Coventry last year as well. I should say for balance. Yeah, so there is some experience there, but yeah, it's an interesting summer recruitment for them. And to be honest, to me, it looks it looks very good. Um, but moving on to second place, I'd got Norwich as well. Um, and for many of the reasons that you mentioned, I think it's hard to to not see them being up there with the squad that they've got. And it seems to happen every time, doesn't it, that they've got a squad that's too good for this league, but not really good enough for the Premier League. And, you know, Pookie's probably going to score goals again. Um, you know, it's a different manager this time, but... Um, Dean Smith's obviously, you know, he's obviously a good manager despite his bit of connection. Um, yeah, and he's, I think he'll be able to take them to the top of the table as well. And yeah, I expect him to end of the season as well. Well, moving on below, uh, below that, and I mean, into my playoff positions, um, I have got third, I've taken a little bit of a punt because this team could be. They could be absolutely anything, but based on previous performance in this league, I expect them to have some quality. I've got Watford third because they have still got a lot of quality. They've lost quite a few. King, obviously Gray was out on loan last season, Ben Foster, Sissoko, Hernandez, and very interestingly, Zinkenagel's gone to Olympiacos, which I can only assume is a little bit of a funky little pre-agreed deal because obviously he was on loan at Forest last season but Marinakis who owns Forest also owns Olympiacos so there's something a little bit iffy there that that, that Zinkenagel's gone to Olympiacos for um, a couple of million quid but I was a bit surprised at that one because Zinkenagel has proved he's a good player at this level and I would have expected to have seen Watford, Watford keep uh, him They've brought in players that I have to admit I don't know a great deal about. They've brought in um, a, a, a guy called Bayo from Barcelona. They've uh, they've brought a guy called Manage from Charlois. I don't know a lot about these uh, these players, um, but to be fair to Watford, their international scouting has been decent, not always spot on, but decent uh, and decent enough to have to have got them out of the championship in in the past. And there is still a decent amount in in that squad. It depends, obviously, who goes out. But the, I mean, at uh, at this moment in time, there's there's still quite a lot of 
pretty decent players in in that squad and i can i can see them i can see them being uh, being a threat pete what do you think yeah i think watford will be up there i've personally got them in fifth off my quick prediction that might change when i do my full 1 to 24 but um yeah still a lot of quality in there um rob edwards obviously had a fantastic fantastic season at forest green rovers so if he and played some very nice football as well from what I hear. So if he can carry that on and have the same impact in the championship, then... As long as he gets longer than about six weeks, of course. Well, that's the only trouble, is that obviously Watford have got their reputation for sacking managers at any sign of a bit of bad form. So, you can't, yeah, it's, it might be a slight worry for him that he knows that, you know, if you do it a bad run, then you, you might not have a lot of time with Watford, but... Because looking down well. their squad, I mean, they, sh- they they should have so much quality in this league. I mean, again, anything can happen between now and the end of the end of the window. But from what I can see, they've still got they've still got Ishmael Assar, they've still got Jao Pedro, they've still got Emmanuel Dennis. Um, the, the, there's there's load there's loads in here. There's uh, Kina, who obviously we were heavily linked with uh, at one point, taking taking on loan. Blimey, they've they've even got Danny Rose on their books still. How good he still is, I'm I'm not sure. Not seen him play for play for a while, but Christian Cabaselli, not bad. Craig Cathcart, solid at this uh, at this level. There's there's plenty in there that you would look at and say, you know, Tom Cleverley and Dan Gosling, not you know, not amazing players, both 32 and in the in in the autumn of their careers, but still, again, should be should be pretty decent players at at, at this level. You'd think there's plenty in there, wouldn't you? But it's just it, the, the the and why I said Watford were a bit of a punt having them at, at, in third was because they. They, they 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 just will. I mean, I felt they self destructed last season. I think they needed to sack the first manager when they did. Let alone the plethora of managers they then went on to sack after that. Yeah, they've got some good players and tons of experience in there as well. Um, even players like Ishmael Assar. I mean, absolutely brilliant player, but also quite a lot of experience now. He's been been at Watford, getting good minutes for what maybe three or four seasons now. So yeah quality player and lots of experience and then plenty of experience in, in the other names that you mentioned, Cathcart and Cleverly, um and others as well. So I think yeah, quality um players, as long as the Rob Edwards can get it right and I think I don't know whether it's a concern that he stepped up straight from League Two, whether he'll command the respect from these players that were playing in the Premier League last season. And if they do have a bad start, will the players trust him to to kind of Pull them out of a rut um, because he'd, he's only managed in League Two. Obviously, that's a brilliant level for us two to be talking about. But for players that have played in the Premier League, you know, I don't know what they'll think of that. Whether he's, you know, they might think he's made the step up too quickly and doesn't know how to to pull them out of a rut, and they'd rather do it on their their own accord. But and it, and it's he, how these players feel about being Championship footballers again. I mean, uh, Ishmael Assar obviously was linked heavily to with big moves big big moves to to like liverpool the last time they they were in this division does i mean emmanuel dennis i i personally don't think will end up being there because he's being linked i think he was linked with forest this week um and i think he will end up at well in in a top flight somewhere 
he might go back to Italy. He, he, you know, he might go to Spain. He might end up at a Premier League club. I don't think he'll be there. But if these players are there, how do they feel about being in this division? Because that that can be that can be difficult. Because you, the Championship, you've got to give it your all. You've got to want to be in this division. Yeah, and it's yeah, it's not an easy club to go and manage. Look, I mean, you just have to look at the the recent managerial record. The God, God knows how many managers over the past three, four, five seasons. So yeah, they when they are in the championship, they seem to be up there, but they are a team that you feel could kind of go either way. They could have a similar a season similar to what we had last last season and finish, you know, around mid table outside the playoffs. Or they could even be in the top two because they do have that quality. It's just how it's gonna play out this season. I mean, yeah, they're unpredictable I'd say. Yeah, and I think I think the thing with Watford is when you look at their squad on paper, I think if they if they do find themselves defeated this season, I think they'll have beaten themselves. I think that's that that's the most likely thing. Moving on down my my top six, so I've got Watford in third. I've got us in fourth. Um, just I don't think I'm uh, I, I just not quite sure we've got the same level of quality as Norwich. Um, I'm, we we probably haven't got the same level of quality as Norwich. Watford or Burnley, really. The reason I've got us above Burnley is because, I, as I say, I just think they're going to have that little turnover period, which could be difficult for them. Also, it's an inexperienced manager at championship level, which is which which is a very it's a difficult league to manage, and it's hard to know. I know Watford have got that as well, but to be honest, and I'm not even sure. I don't think Rob Edwards will probably see out the season because most Watford managers don't. And no offense to Bruce, but I've I've got us below um, Norwich and Borough because I don't think he's as good as Wilder and Smith. It's that simple. I I, I just think that's that, that. I I think I don't mean this nastily towards Steve Bruce because I'm I'm all in on him. I am behind him one hundred percent. But I think if we had Chris Wilder in charge of us with the players that we've got, or Dean Smith in charge of us with the players that we've got, I'd probably have us top of the league. To be honest with you, it's. It's just that he's probably that. I still think he's good enough to get us into the into the playoffs, and I think we've got good enough players. I think we've done great, uh, great recruitment. It's just I'm not trying to be disrespectful. I just think it's the difference between Bruce being a good manager at this level and Smith and Wilder being great managers at this level, and I think that's what's going to make the difference between us being top four and us potentially being top two. And then just to finish off my 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 top six, and then I'll invite. Pete's thoughts on what I've just said and feel free to stick up for Brucey if he, if he so desires. I've got Burnley in fifth. Uh, we've spoke about them plenty. And then in sixth, I I toyed between two here. Um, I've plumped for QPR in the end because I, I just like, I like some of their business. I think Jake Clark-Salter, who they've brought in from Chelsea, who was on loan at Coventry last season, is a good bit of business. Um, I like Taylor Richards from Brighton. And I think Tyler Roberts, uh, obviously the ex-baggy um, on loan from Leeds, is a really is a really smart bit of business. And there's a, I don't know that much about Michael Beal, but he's very, very well thought of. They're one that could go... Either way, really, again, it's a fairly inexperienced manager, but I feel like he's made some he's made some clever signings. He's very well thought of in the game, and I, and I feel like he he could be he could be one that just 
it goes well for him as an inexperienced manager rather than somebody that struggles. The, the two I was between, between was QPR and Sheffield United. And the only reason I haven't put Sheffield United in there is because I basically feel like they're the same side as last year, but without Morgan Gibbs-White at the moment. And that is a huge, huge loss. If Sheffield go and get somebody in who is a viable replacement to Morgan Gibbs-White, then I'd probably jump them above QPR. But at the moment, without them doing that, and QPR obviously had, had lost chair and they lost uh, they they lost the goalkeeper as well during um, during the African Cup of Nations they haven't got to contend with that this time around I think they're a decent side and I think they're I think uh, I think they're shaping up quite nicely um, and Sheffield are, are a good side they're full of good players but as I say it's just it's having lost Morgan Gibbs White and not having replaced him at this moment in time yeah well I'd got as my in third I'd got Middlesbrough um which is basically what we spoke about earlier. I think if they do bring in that a striker using that Joe Spence money, then they've got a, they've got an excellent squad with a brilliant manager at this level who I think will be yeah I think they'll be right on the edge of automatic promotion. I think they'll play good football and you know Daryl Linehan I think will be an absolutely excellent sign signing on a free. They've got a solid um, midfield already and some real quality in their wing backs. Jones on the right and. Um, Giles coming in from Wolves on loan I think it will also be quality for them so I've got them in third and I agree with you on Albion I've got them in fourth I'm pretty op- optimistic for the season I think we've made some excellent signings I don't think Bruce needs to do too much this season I think with the squad that we've got and the signings that we've made he kind of obviously he's still got to, got to manage us and give us some influence on the tactics side but I think his most important job will be keeping everyone happy and confident and letting them enjoy their football almost. And I think if he can do that, then and keep the atmosphere right in the squad and in the in the club as a whole, in the Hawthorns, um, then the quality that we do have with Dean Garner, Grant, DK, Swift, Wallace, all those attacking players, then you know they'll they'll shine and create chances and score score goals. And then the defense is pretty solid as well I'd say I think we'll see much better versions of Furlong and Townsend and fullback who seem to you know got a bit of stick on social media for their performances last season but I think they're both more suited to playing as a fullback rather than as a wingback so I think this season we'll see them back at their best and they'll be top quality fullbacks for the championship and moving on to just, just on that, do you? Because uh, uh, obviously, I said I had Middlesbrough ahead of us because Middlesbrough have got a have got a better manager. Because uh, I don't think they've got a better squad. Would you concur with that, or do you, do you, do you actually rate Middlesbrough's squad higher than ours? I think it's tight between the two. I'd probably say that we've got the better squad, and I would agree that they've got the better manager. But I do think Bruce is good enough to take us up, and with a few more signings, I wouldn't put it past us to being in the automatics I think my issue is I don't want to be too get ahead of myself too much because um, I've well I don't want to be saying this and then come the end of the season back where we are oh the, the last thing I was going to do was tip us to be in the top two mate there was there was there was absolutely no chance we we, we could we we could assign we could assign um, Mbappe this summer and I wouldn't have tipped us to be in the top two because I'm just not I'm not going there yeah, exactly. Because, 
yeah, I do think we've got an excellent squad on paper for this division. So I do think we will be up in the promotion spots come the end of the season. Um, I don't think you'd need a terrific manager to do that with a squad that we've got. And the most important part of the window is that we have started to add a bit more balance to the squad, which we, we lacked because we kind of started to go towards Ishmael's style of a squad. And that kind of, you know, as everyone knew, it kind of meant that certain positions and style of players were omitted from the squad and we lacked them when Bruce wanted to come in. So it's become more rounded and there's obvious quality there. So yeah, I'd, I'd say we're fourth, I'd be happy with, um, and then have a shot at promotion in the playoffs. And then for the final two, as I said, I've got Watford in fifth and then Sheffield United in sixth. Um, again, I think they are a quality side. They had a really strong um, second half of the season and Morgan gibbs White will be a massive miss. But they still do have good options attacking, um, attacking-wise. attacking With the likes of um, Indy, Indy and... Um, with indeed and Ryan Brewster, if he can keep himself fit, get fit and keep himself and, and fit. Billy Sharp, of course, who is evergreen. Billy Sharp, yeah, in the championship, he always seems to score goals. And even um, McBurney, if mm. if he can get into form, then he's a real threat and different to the other options there. Um, they always seem to be fairly solid at the back. They've added Kieran Clark as well in centre-back, who yeah. is an interesting one. I'm, I'm not sure how good he'll be, but... I wouldn't have wanted him at the Albion, but he, yeah. I mean, he's played in. The, he's got a lot of experience in the Premier League. Yeah. You have to say with Sheffield United, and I'm, I know I'm, I'm, I'm sort of like beating myself up here because I, I, I've slipped them into seventh, and I, I do question whether I should have. Uh, but you know, I've, maybe I've overrated the the loss of Morgan Gibbs White. But you have to say, I mean, they had the most appalling start to last season, and they still finished in the top six. So. If you take away that um, bad start and they don't have that this year, then you know the sky is the limit for them a little bit. Yeah, exactly. Um, and they've still got time to to make the additions if they need feel like they need them to replace Morgan Gibbs White. Um, so I do think they will be up there. And uh, Heckenbottom seems to have proved that he has got the the quality to to coach the side. I think there was questions over him to start off with. You know, coming in after Wilder was sacked or left um and then was he replaced yeah i mean he, he they well they gave they gave him the job interim till the end of the season and then obviously they brought in Jukanovic over, uh, over the summer it, yeah. but kept him on the i think they kept him on the coaching staff and stepped him back into the uh, back into the role yeah but heckin bottom you know when he was given the caretaker role and then replaced well not replaced but not given the chances um head coach I think there was questions over whether he was actually good enough, but when he came back in um, in the second half of last season, then you know they they were excellent, and I think they'll be a real a real good side next season, and we'll be pushing for the top six at least. Well, uh, as I say, that's our that's our top sixes. But uh, Pete and I will pull together our our entire one to twenty four and tweet them out for anybody who cares that much about what we think about this division, and then uh, no doubt in May or 
to be honest, probably by about November, we will uh, we we will get exposed as knowing absolutely nothing about what we're talking about. So um, I, 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 there's that to look forward to. But just to finish off today's pod, Pete, uh, we we uh, we discussed off air pulling together ten very quick fire um, predictions for the season. Um, the first of which was what position will Albion finish? Well, we've both said that they will be fourth. Um, the second one is um, who will be our top scorer? Uh, I, I can imagine we've both got the same one on this, but I'll let you go first. Uh, yeah, I think we probably will. I've got DK, um, top as, scorer. As have I, yeah. Um, so third one, how many goals will he get? I'm going for 25 without penalties because I'm not sure who's going to be taking them. <laughs> well, I got twenty-five, but just so that just so that we're we're different, I'm going to tweak it and go twenty-six. Right? Who will get more goal contributions? So assists plus goals, Swift or Wallace? I've gone with Swift. I think he'll be getting a lot of goals. To be honest, in that position, I've also gone with uh, with Swift. Uh, we, we're going to have to we're going to have to go with something different at some point. Otherwise, this is just going to be a draw come the end of the season. Um, Will we finish the season with Steve Bruce as manager? Yep, I think we will. As I said earlier, I think it will be all right with the talented squad. Um, just keep him happy and keep the confidence high. Yep, I've gone with yes as well. I think he, I think he will see out the season. Um, will the loan be repaid in December? Unlikely. Yeah, I'm going no as well. What colour will the third shirt be? I'm going to go with a red and with a little bit of navy on it. I've gone red as well. Blimey. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, on, on this one, whichever one you pick, I'm going to pick the other one. Who wins the charity match, Brunt or Morrison? Brunt. Well, I was going to go Brunt, but just to be different, I'm going to go Mozza then. Um, who will be the supporters player of the year? I think Swift. Well, I'm going to, I, I've, I've written down here Wallace. So I'm glad, uh, I'm glad we've, gone, uh, we've gone different on that one. Um, and then my last one, who finishes the season with the most disciplinary points? Furlong, I think. Okay, I'm going to go Malumbi. Uh, I'm, I am basing that on the fact that he's going to play enough games, but that, uh, you know, uh, I think if he does, I mean, the guy's like the Claudio Jacob of booking. So uh, I, I think there's a good chance on that one. So there we go. Well, um, I'll keep. Yeah, we'll argue with that. <laughs> I'll keep a record of those and again we'll we'll rattle through them uh, again in May and see how many we got right how many we got wrong and probably the latter is the case but that is all the time we have for today we just look forward to the new season hopefully it's a very positive start against Middlesbrough at the weekend um just a quick reminder please 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 whatever you do can we just support the ACV, the Asset of Community Value application to make the Hawthorns an asset of community value and just put a bit of protection on our stadium. Please, if you see that anywhere, just give it a retweet. If you go to a council meeting, make sure you give it your backing. Whatever you can do, give Ryan Trumpeter a follow as well. Well uh, well worth it to keep across the, the progress of that. Please do. But from myself and Pete for today, that's all. We'll be back after the Middlesbrough game when hopefully we'll be able to talk positively about a great start to the season. In the meantime, drop us a follow at Albion Analysis. And until next time, thanks for listening and up the baggies.
Robin have certainly been sharing the goals around this season. They're well into double figures now for different championship goal scorers. So why not take a leaf out of their book and do some sharing of your own with a McNugget share box? Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.